0: What I want you to understand today, my spirit is stirred. I'm not going to tell you how long I'm going to go. I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be quick. I'm going to tell you to lock in. I'm going to tell you to lean in. But I'm going to ask you to do something because I'm preaching a message simply titled Resonate. And just to give you some background, and then we're going to sing that song again. We're going to sing it again, and and but because we got to get into the to the to the agreement on what's about to happen. But this word overwhelmed me this week, and and I sat down, and and several weeks ago I knew the direction I was going today, but I knew I couldn't preach a canned message. I knew I couldn't preach something in the filing cabinet. God was going to do something. In fact, at one point I called Pastor, and I said, I want you to be ready for the end because God's going to download prophetic words for this house and it's going to resonate now what is resonate something happens and those those of you that are watching online you're going to be able to hear but you may not be able to feel the wind so I'm praying that God sends the wind through because you know it's kind of like watching a movie you can look at a boat and you're like man isn't that cool isn't that pretty and you can watch it but when you're on the ocean in the boat something changes and so I, 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 and we really are raising up an online church in America, and that's fine. But there's something about sitting under the breath of God. We got people that change churches every Sunday morning. They pay their tithe to twelve different places: dollar fifty here, dollar fifty there. And so really all they're doing is watching a historical moment in action rather than being a part of it. I'll get deeper into that in a second. But the word resonate is what God began to speak to me. I have never written a or preached a message about the power of the word being released. So if you'll allow me on this pastor appreciation day in these dark times. Some of you already looking over some else. Oh, we're gonna go to, we're gonna become one of them churches and turn all the lights off. Quit you whining and listen. Because I'm trying to prove a point. This is where America is right now. You need to understand our nation is spiraling towards hell. And we're playing church like we played house as children. We've got the romper room and not the upper rooms going on. And what you have to realize is God says there is a moment where I will shut down the chaos of houses that are not having moves of God. And you need to realize, you know what I love about COVID? There's not much. I hate it. I hate it with everything in me. But it only did one good thing. All the hipster theologians that did not have a prayer life had nothing to say and the fathers and mothers of our nation rose up at that moment. Because they weren't prepared because they hadn't leaned in. Let, Let me give you the title real quick. Resonate. Bring up the definition for me if you would. Produce or be filled with a deep, full, reverberating sound. The sound of a siren resonated across the harbor chiefly an idea or action to be met with someone's agreement does anything resonate in here grab your seat i want you to prepare yourself i want to bring a message about the power of the spoken word most different word god has ever said to me he said the problem with the american church now is that we come in church but we don't come into agreement and nothing changes It is as if when the captain is on a ship and he says, raise the sails," he knows that wind is going to come. So there's an agreement that takes place between what is in the boat and what is happening in the atmosphere. And then you're going somewhere. I'm trying to teach you something. There's an bring that definition up one more time for me. If you would, you have to understand the reason why this was burning in my spirit to produce or be filled with a deep, full reverberating sound. The sound of the siren resonated across the Harbor. It is an idea of someone in saying something or being in action. And there's an agreement that takes place. What you have to understand is to stand up and preach the gospel is very easy today according to those that teach that it is an art versus an anointing. But if you truly carry a mantle and you truly step into preaching the gospel, you have to understand you're preparing yourself for eight hours of breaking stones. You're preparing yourself to begin to, to have to fight just to get to it. A sermon doesn't come at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. You have to understand the minute pastor walks off stage on Sunday morning, all of a sudden a new gestation process starts. Something begins to burn in him throughout the day he grabs his phone he puts notes on it he or she has to go through turmoil they have to fight the night before I preach in a city I always say Lord let me feel what the man of God that is leading that church because I'm just a beard I'm not the head I'm just a beard so I say Lord let me feel what they're feeling right now and I will tell you that 90 percent of the time I feel despair But I will tell you is I believe I've gotten a download from heaven that will produce your next for this house. That will shift the way you show up. This isn't Walmart or Target. The government Deem them essential. I deem them inessential. Where you're standing right now and sitting right now is essential, because when you walk in here, something happens, something shifts. Your DNA molecules begin to change because you've been living in the stuff of the world. Now let me get into this because I'm just gonna I'm not gonna play with you today because there's something stirring in my spirit. In fact, when someone stands up to preach, they're literally doing First John chapter three verse one, and it is simply so we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard about this life giver so that we may be so that we may share and enjoy this life together for truly your fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus the anointed one when we stand up to preach the word and again I'm preaching about preaching the word but it's bigger than that I'm preaching about something that happens in the atmosphere something that shifts over your life and what God spoke to me sitting on a flight a few weeks ago is when the man or woman of God stands up to declare the word. If the people do not come into agreement, the blessing will only be on the speaker's life. So you'll sit back and you'll be jealous of the speaker's life instead of fellowshipping, like it said right there in that scripture, in what is happening. Are you getting this so far? So at the end of this message, I have asked the head of this house, the father of this house, to be ready To stand up and declare some prophetic words. Now you can slip out because you got something dumb. But you need to know something. You might miss the raising of the sail. You might miss something that's going to bring that prodigal home. You might miss something that's going to keep you from being really dumb in your future. But if you slip out and you rush in and it's getting on my nerves today, I don't feel like being hotter or that today. I got to get out of here. I got to get home. The Falcons are playing or this is happening. And the whole time the enemy is laughing because you missed the sound coming across the harbor. Okay, I'm going to go somewhere. And what God began to speak to me is you're going to preach about resonate. I said, Lord, I don't even know what that is. And I began to study it. And he began to stir me. See, I must bring you a message that seems to be lost in the noise of this culture right now. In a scattered world. In fact, a world that has decided that the voices of truth are a now direct threat to personal boundary and mythological false truth. I'm watching. I'm so frustrated with pastors. They're afraid to stand up against abortion. They're afraid to stand up against uh uh transgenderism which is a fist in the face of god for the very identity that he created and parents are coming into alignment and they're the gatekeeper of their child and the minute all of a sudden they go yes darling i believe you were born wrong hell walks in the front door and says thank you i'll feast on that and take them down to a point of destroying them because mom and dads have forgotten how to be gatekeepers But it's hard to be a gatekeeper when everything's coming through your TV and everything's on YouTube and everything's on on Vimeo and everything's on Hulu and you just watch it because your conscience only awakens when you pull into the parking lot of this house and something has to, I'm raising a sail. Speaking to the wind. And what's going to happen over the next few minutes, you're going to finally understand why we have church. It's not just us fulfilling Hebrews. Forsake not the assembly. That is not what this is. It's a locking arms and realizing I'm a part of something bigger than me. I feel like the black robe preachers. The black robe preachers were the preachers that stepped up during the Revolutionary War when they were fighting for independence in America. And I'm reminded of one particular one that walked up to the pulpit and and nobody realized it, but underneath his robe he had on his his uh, his Revolutionary War uniform and as he got up to preach he got up and shared he said there's a time for peace a a time for war a time to mourn a time to dance and he said and now as he pulled out his pistol and laid it on there he said it's time for war he took off his robe and when he took off his robe at that very moment underneath it was his war uniform in fact he was commissioned this particular one I'm thinking of and I've got it wrote down and let me see where I wrote it down right, right here I wrote it down and in, in fact John Muhlenberg he was commissioned by General Washington from that point on to go and preach in every pulpit in the colonies and tell them pick up arms but what you are, have to understand there are voices that are rising this is an incubator for preachers that's what this room is I saw pulling into the property, this far land over here, right behind, I believe there's a house on the front. I saw a massive sanctuary there when I pulled in this morning, and then I realized that this would be a university for preachers right here. I saw that. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it when I pulled in, just like I saw that other time, the house that you were supposed to buy. But see, you have to understand, I have to bring you this message, but I love Isaiah 58, 12. It kind of sets everything up. This is the fasting scripture, the fasting verse, the, the verse that calls us into fasting. But the it says from those from among you shall rebuild the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairs of the breach and the restorer of the paths. So in other words, you're called to be those that will simply go in and sew up what's been and torn down but also you are the ones that light The path. You're the ones that walk into places that others won't go. Now, now follow me because we're so polarized in this nation, and I'm not preaching Democrat or Republican stuff, okay? I I don't need to do that. I will tell you that it is time for some of us to step up and actually read what the Bible says about the issues, but that's a whole other thing because you're still voting like Mama did. But I love what A.W. Tozer said, and he's one of my favorite. He made this statement. The most critical need of the church at this moment is men, bold men, free men. The church must seek in prayer and much humility the coming again of men made of the stuff which prophets and martyrs are made now I'm going somewhere because what we've lost in the pulpit is those that will stand up men and women that will stand up and quit playing with us Quit telling me how great I am because I ain't nothing but a piece of clay that he's molding. Don't tell me how wonderful I am. Don't tell me how to do this. Put some spirit unction inside of you and breathe into a dead part of my life. But you can't do that if you don't have a prayer life because you don't know the whisper. You just hear a lot of echoes. And there's a moment where God says, I'm looking. And I say this with fear and trembling today. In fact, sir, sir, um, um, What's what's his name? Because I've got it wrote down right here. Right here it goes. Richard Baxter of Kinderminster made this statement. One of my favorite quotes. It's on my wall in my prayer room where I write sermons. And it says he said this. I preached his never to preach again as a dying man to dying men. And this is one of my favorite quotes. I keep it in my office because I want to preach differently. I want to preach as if when I walk off this stage, I'm walking into eternity. I don't want to have any more calendar dates as an evangelist. I am so sick of that. I am sick of planes. I'm sick of hotels. But I am not sick of covenant. And so today, I walk in here differently. Come on. Come on. Many years ago, Holy Spirit said to me one, thing, one day, when I was getting ready to preach, and I was tired, I had preached a bunch of youth camps, and I was exhausted. And, and at this point, I, I, I was preaching, I'm being honest, preaching on Sundays to, to feed my family on Mondays. And... And God said to me, the problem with you is you think you're center stage. Because my, my name was getting pretty big. When I've asked you to be a stage hand, just open the curtain and let me shine. If they can see you, they cannot see me. And it reminds me of when jesus said go find a donkey two donkeys as a matter of fact and bring them so i can ride in on when jesus was riding in on palm sunday the donkeys didn't think they think they were cheering him on the donkey didn't sit back and say man they figure look at me he just did his job and got out of the way in fact he stepped on all the praise that was being thrown out the palm branches And there's a moment where you begin to realize that you've got to come into agreement with what is happening when someone stands up to preach you don't know the hell they went through to get that word out you don't know the attack that happened the night before you don't know how their dreams were attacked you don't know how they laid short of breath laying in bed as God began to speak to them you don't know about the early morning while you're still in cook well you're still cooking biscuits for the babies they're up and they feel a stirring in their spirit and they know that what they're gonna say so and so is gonna leave and gonna take their tithe with them because that's their God but there's a a moment where you have to step up and realize God says I'm looking for those that will lock arms and resonate yes, sir. resonate a vibration that takes place in the atmosphere when agreement comes resin I'll get deeper into it but see what I begin to realize is all through God's Word there are formulas It's usually three or four things that work together Uh, power love soundness of mind is a formula there's all these ask seek knock formula all through god's word declare believe watch all through pray petition agree formulas faith to sow power to receive give And it shall be given. All through God's word. There's formulas that most don't even know exist. But it's God's way of knowing that we're simpletons. And he says if you do these three things. If you do those two things. If you do those four things. And isolation for those that are called. Confrontation. Consecration. Exactly what Jesus did in the wilderness. Isolation. Which brought confrontation. That brings consecration. All through the word, there's just little tiny formulas. That if you know them, it won't, you won't get off your game. You'll be, you'll be focused. You'll be all in. But now follow me for a second because there's a moment, and I feel like one of those black rope preachers right now in America. I feel like I need to take off my jacket for a minute and actually go to war again because the spirit of lethargy has landed in the pulpit and has landed in the pews. And and and, and, and you have to understand something. We've lost the preacher in America because it, it's about our followers on social media. It's about our Instagram. It's about our three word quotes. It's about what we can say. It's about not standing up for anything because what if I upset this particular group or that particular group and you know all the stuff going on in America I don't want to offend that particular uh, uh, group of people over there if I were to stand up and say have you lost your ever loving mind? If I stand up and say are you serious? They're now voting to kill babies after they're born and the church is quiet and we're like okay I don't want to offend anybody in that corner over there I don't care if I step all over you. I don't care if I step over your opinion. If it lines up with his word, I promise you, we'll get in a fight over it because there's a moment where you stand up and say, get your hands off the next generation devil. And for those that come into agreement, they are enemies of the cross. So let me give you just a simple Algorithm or formula and it is this it's the subtitle of resonance and it's simply the repairer the resonance and the awareness i'll go deeper into that in a second but so i want you to write that down call forth the repairs and the torchbearers to arise god is saying i'm looking and he is about to bypass all the celebrity Christians. He's about to bypass all those that that run around and they're cutesy and they got it all together. And he is bypassing those. And he is about to raise up the nobodies. I wrote a book. Several years ago, and it's come back to life in my spirit. Called the Unqualified. You can order it at ShatzlineBooks.com. But the reason why I'm only mentioning it is because I pulled some stuff out of it. Because many times God lets me write something back then that meets us right now. It's like our book I Am Remnant that it's coming alive. Churches are messaging us, going, "We're preaching Remnant." Well, that that book was written years ago, but it's about those that will stand. So let me call forth the repairs, and then I'm going to get into what the man of God does, but I, I, and, and woman of God does. You are the wilderness wanderers see I've come to speak to all the cave dwellers that's watching culture with earthquake wind and fire but they don't know the voice of God anymore because somewhere along the way we would rather listen to Dr. Fauci than Father God and so you have to understand somewhere along the way we're thinking the government can rescue us can I tell you throughout history no government has ever rescued anybody I just need you to know that because I serve the one whose governments the governments are upon his shoulders so there's a moment where begin to say wait a minute am I just rebellious I want to speak to that for a second you're not rebellious when two women stood up to Pharaoh and they said wait just a minute you're going to quit killing the baby boys and they even had to say to him oh the the Jewish women just have babies real quick we can't get there on time you have to understand somebody needs to rise up and say wait a minute I'm not talking about this this the shots and all that stuff I'm talking about civil disobedience to the cultural perversion Just say no. But you'll leave here and you'll wander around people's house, neighborhoods knocking on doors saying trick or treat because you don't really understand. Oh, I mean man I better go hide I gotta I need a bulletproof vest on today here's what I want you to get it's Matthew chapter 5 looking at verse 16 so don't hide your light let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to the to your father in heaven it says it has nothing to do with us but something in us should produce praise It's Malachi 3 1. This is the very end of the Old Testament. The only thing they else they had to say was make sure you pay your tithe right after this. But this is Malachi 3.1. It's a prophecy of John the Baptist. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come says the Lord Almighty. It's a prophecy of John the Baptist and Jesus. It was letting them know it's going to be a dark season for about 500 years. But somebody's coming. It's John chapter 1 verse 4. A fountain of life, see we carry Jesus. I'm trying to get something across to you. We carry Jesus. A fountain of life was in him for his life is light for all humanity. And this light never fails to shine through darkness. Light that darkness could not overcome. When we walk into places no matter where we're at, no matter what demon of hell is sitting there laughing and mocking you, if people are getting mad at you because of who you are, you're winning. not even friends with anybody that ain't under attack. Because they just love sitting on the bench. And they'll walk around and go, that's good age 2 But they don't understand how to get out in the game. water boy reference. See, some of y'all got that. So you have to understand. I don't want to just sit the water out. I want to be in the game. Because there's a moment where you begin to rise up. Can I just say we need an awakening in the pulpits of this nation? Just, just if you want, you can just say Pat is 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 on his high horse. Okay, I understand that. I, I even brought something to help me through this message because this jacket is empty now. This is a jacket that was wore when revival broke out at Brownsville, and and so I, I just I put, I'm putting it on because the Holy Spirit told me to this week. And so I have Pastor Steve Hill's jacket on. In fact, bring up that quote. I, I asked for a quote this morning. A man's desperation for the things of God should melt away all preoccupations with self-notoriety, public image, and social status. Your hunger and thirst, if it's genuine, this is what Steve Hill said, if your hunger and thirst, if it's, if it's genuine, will drive you to eat and to drink regardless of the opinions of others. You will be willing to be a fool in the sight of others in order to be embraced in the arms of the Lord. So I, I brought his jacket. I haven't had this brought this out of the closet in about three years. And I thought, I'm a, I need to wear his jacket today. We must see the town criers again. And the voices are silent. The enemy is it gets louder and louder. We don't have those that will stand. We're the preachers of old. That understood an attack was a kiss from God. Where's the ones that sit early in the morning and hear him speak? And he has the power to take their internet-driven message that they copied from some site and change it. But we live in a nation and world where people would, would rather tickle your ears than pierce your spirit. That's why I said good news about COVID is it's removed a lot of their voices because they didn't have nothing to say. They ended up on the balcony of boredom like David or lying in the lap of Delilah because all of a sudden their prestige and praise disappeared because ain't nobody care anymore. They didn't care about how you could make them laugh or a good anecdotal story. They wanted somebody with a word from heaven talking about what's going to happen. They wanted somebody that would come in and speak some truth. And what you have to realize, the atmosphere is void of spirit penetrators. So I've not come to honor the man and woman today. I'm so sorry. You know I love you. I'll give you, well, not these shoes, but I'll give you a pair of shoes off my feet. And there's a moment where you have to, we love shoes. Here's the thing I want you to understand. I've come to honor the voice. I've come to honor what you do. The battle to bring forth a word. In a minute, we're going to have some resonance. So hold on. And if you wonder where the power of God is gone, you need to only look at the mainstream Christian messages that flood the airways with overinflated egos espousing self-help sermons, watered-down talks, and hypergrace theology. But God has always used the repairs of the breach. I love what Paul said. He said, brothers, when I came to you, I love this verse. I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and him crucified. I was, watch this. He goes on to say, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God can I just say something if you ain't going to preach who he is and what he's done and if you ain't going to point back to the cross get off the stage exit stage right get off the platform you have no place to be preaching if you've not been laying in his lap weeping all week wondering what he's going to do and trusting in him then get off go find a job go sell a car nothing wrong with selling cars but what I'm saying to you there's a moment when we do preaching down to an art that doesn't require spirit unction and spirit visitation then God simply becomes a late night infomercial that lulls us to sleep. And there's a moment where God says, you know what? In fact, I wrote a chapter in this called The Oscar Goes To. The Oscar Goes To. With the actors please step up? You're getting your Oscar from the world. Good job. But heaven doesn't even know your name because you have to understand God will use the consecrated nobodies. That's who's coming and they're going to come out of this ground. I'm prophesying the next over this house. God has always bypassed the professional storytellers for the ones that have hidden in the depths of the secret place and received a message of hope. I, I wrote this in, in Unqualified. The unqualified understand. The unqualified embrace the fact that their God identity is formed in the wilderness of obscurity. Listen to me. The, get, the depths of God's love, you got to get this, is most often revealed in, in people, least likely to be chosen in man's eyes our testimony is proof that God never gave up on you, you don't understand you are God's masterpiece and they judged you while he was still throwing paint on the canvas they judged you while he was still slinging the brush they didn't see what was coming at the end of the picture they didn't know where you, they still got you back there when you were 16 and God said but you ain't seen what I've been doing for the last 16 months the work that I've been doing in him I pulled them out of darkness, brought them in the glory he brought me out oh i wish you'd help me just do something there's a moment where you begin to realize god is about to wake up the nobodies i'll walk over to that house if i want a word from the lord i don't have to go to other houses if i want a word from god i'll go stand over there where the young people are crying out to god but put me in a place that ain't got it together ain't kicking around like you something put me in a place of a group of people that have heard from the scepter and the fire Your scars scare Satan. My God, I got to get this out to you because some of you are starting to come into agreement. I've been waiting on you to resonate this whole sermon. like, all right, teach me what you got. Okay, it's a new message. All right, cool. If you'll resonate with me, it don't matter what I'm saying. If you'll resonate with me, you'll step up and go, he's just talking to me. He's just, I'm grabbing that for me. I wish you'd pull up at the buffet. Because when you begin to resonate, I feel, I feel the, a little bit of that mantle of the one who used to wear this jacket. Hadn't worn this in three years. I asked my staff, get it out of the closet, bring it to Georgia. Because something is shifting in the atmosphere, and it's for those that will simply say yes, yes. Somebody say yes. Yes to the call and no to the world's mindset. And I'm telling you, the first ones that are going to look at you and not believe in you is your family. Just ask David. Hey, I think I'll go kill that, that giant. You know, this looks fun. I, I don't have to pay taxes. I get to marry the princess. She's hot. I saw her in the Christmas parade. She's waving everybody. I'm like, I'm going to marry that. And then, and then uh, oh, I get a white horse. And then all of a sudden, he's sitting around the fire. And all his brother looks over and says, where's that little church you pastor? Where's those few sheep? So every time you get ready to face a Goliath, you're going to hear the worst around the fire at the house. I'm just telling you the truth. Those that grabbed hold of the mystery, the word Paul called it the mystery of the gospel. It's Ephesians, what he says right there. He says, And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached the fulfillment to bring all things into heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. The word mystery or mysterion, it means I can't talk about it. I can't really speak about it. I can't explain what happened. Pastor Jeremiah won't tell you that last night he went. Into a service and and uh, they're, they're sit, he and Pastor Andy are sitting in a service and Benny Hinn calls him out Holy Ghost hits him and knocks him on the ground for a couple hours he can't even talk about it I heard somebody ask him in the room what happened what was said I don't know because it's the mystery if I speak about it it will abolish the miracle waiting on it you ain't getting this yet so you have to understand when the mystery of the gospel gets hold of you your family will say but I we had all these plans for you we're putting you for, through four years at that other the college down over near Athens, Greece. And but now you're feeling this call thing. You understand. You ain't going to be making a lot of money. I mean, you understand that, right? And you understand that, that I mean, you're going to have to do something different. And, and nobody will understand. But when the mystery gets hold of you and your family's asking why you're doing it, why you going into the call, you can't explain it. I don't know why. I just know I have to because something reached inside of me and grabbed a hold of me and said, you got to preach. I didn't want to do this. Anybody that says they wanted to go into ministry, they need to get the brain check. Just stay silent about the mystery. And then if you start doubting the call, I love what Romans 9 verse 20 says. And it's in the Message Bible. If you don't like this version, email me. Got a place for that one. Here's the deal. who in the world do you think you are to second guess God do you for one moment suppose any of us knows enough to call God into question clay doesn't talk back to the fingers that mold it saying why'd you shape me like this isn't it obvious that a potter has a perfect right to shape one lump of clay into a vase for holding flowers and another into pot for cooking beans I love the message Bible it's the only time you talk about cooking some beans watch this right here if God needs one style of pottery especially designed to show his angry displeasure I guess that's me and I Another style carefully crafted to show his glorious goodness. Isn't that all right? Either or both happens to Jews but it also happens to the other people Hosea put it well I'll call nobodies and make them somebodies I'll call the unloved and make them beloved in the place where they yelled out you're nobody they're they're calling you God's living children oh you ain't getting this yet I love that verse right there because that's who God is about to use he'll take a drug dealer off the streets of Jackson and drop something inside of him clean him up make him cut his mullet and God will all of a sudden say watch me raise him up people used to go to his house to get a fix now he's going to come to the house of God to give him a fix see there's an understanding that when God gets a hold of you I can't doubt it I can't run from it it's on me everywhere I walk I see with different eyes I get in that blind and I can see 360 degrees where God is I ain't going to lie to you I ain't done Pat I feel the call are you serious Number one, beg God to take it. Because that means you're going to have to quit gossiping on Facebook. That means you're going to have to enlarging pictures of somebody you see that you think looks good. That means all of a sudden you're gonna have to start shifting how you talk about your pastor having roast pastor for lunch and whether or not he edified and pleased you enough that day. All of a sudden, you're gonna have to forgive that daddy that left you when you were 12. All of a sudden, things are gonna change because you can't pass out disease in the pulpit. So God has to take you through some things. For some of us, we get hit with the anvil a lot. We get laid on the anvil a lot, put in the fire a lot. Because God is trying to stretch you and make you his. Now he'll use a nobody, he'll use a dumb fisherman to rise up and be the preacher of the Old of the New Testament but you have to realize that preacher had to go through the valley of darkness sitting around the fire denying him see what you have to understand is the call of God is not for some superficial inflated self ego lunatic that wants to walk up and build his little following it is for those that are desperate that will go into the darkness and carry this and say is there anybody that I can rescue in a dark world Because the messenger has to have a lifestyle to back it up. That's why 2 Timothy says it best. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Preaching and prophecy is not an art. It's a releasing of the secret place, man. Something happens, something drops in. It's an assignment from the throne of God when you receive and come in agreement with that spirit from which it is being preached. Something cataclysmic takes place in the atmosphere. Now follow me. It's what happened when it says the angels were crying holy and the other angels were crying holy and another angel were crying holy and as they were calling holy, something synonymous took place in the atmosphere. They're screaming holy so much that it created a friction and the friction turned into a smoke and the smoke prepared the way for the king and the threshold began to shake and that's what Isaiah saw as happening in heaven. You are going to hate heaven if you don't know how to come into agreement. So you have to understand the word must be proclaimed from the messenger's voice. It must be. Proclaim the word of God and stand upon it no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach when it is convenient and when it is not. So, 2 Timothy said. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach the people. I'm reminded one time I landed in New Zealand. And I had flown about 40 hours to get to New Zealand. It's the bottom of the earth. And I was preaching a, a, a big conference that, that evening. to, Or that was supposed to be the next day. But we had misjudged the time. When you go to the bottom of the world. <laughs> add a day. And. So I get off the plane and I'm about to preach in this stadium and I know it's the next day. So I'm thinking, I'm going to go sleep. I don't sleep well on planes. I'm going to go sleep. And as I get off the plane in Fangarai, New Zealand, I had gone through Auckland, gone to Fangarai, I was exhausted, little puddle jumper plane. I get off the plane, literally a puddle jumper plane. I get off the plane and my, my ride is there to pick me up. I'm, I'm wore out. I just want to go sleep for a day. And, and, and I go, he goes, what time would you like me to pick you up? I said, I don't, I don't know. You tell me. He said, probably about six. I said, in the morning? He said, in an hour and a half. I went back to my hotel, finally got to my hotel, and I cried. I became a little girl, a little tickle-me-nelly. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, get up. Tonight, you get to know what it is to preach with unction and not out of yourself. And I walked into a stadium of 25,000 young people. I couldn't even see straight. And something happened in the spirit. And the place started shaking and it registered literally as an earthquake on the Richter scale. When they began to cry out to God, they said, it's it showed up as a, as a registration on the Richter scale. And later I went up to the pastor's office. I was exhausted and I had preached on the reign of God. And as I'm sitting there, I just want to go die somewhere. I don't even know what I preached. Probably a little heresy mixed in. I don't know. And all of a sudden, as I'm sitting there, this woman walks into the room and she walks into the room after what God had just done after me not sleeping for 40 hours. And she says, you've got to see this. She said, while you were preaching on rain, by the way, it started raining in the building. It really did, just missed. And she hands me a picture and I'm so tired, I just want to go to bed. I don't know, I don't even know what I'm saying at this point anymore. I'm sitting with my friend Russell Evans from Planet Shakers and they hand me this picture and I look down and there's faces of angels all over the building because in my weakness. So you have to understand, when the man or woman of God stands up to preach, they're literally saying, raise the sail, the wind is coming. When pastor comes up and exhorts at the end and he starts singing, because he lives, I can face to my, he was speaking from the heavenlies, something that needed to be reminded into a spirit. And I'll tell you who it was, me on the front row. I'm so selfish. Any blessing that's going out, I'm stealing it. <laughs> swiper, no swiper. Here's what you have to understand.
1: <laughs>
0: i a little door at you. Um, the map um, watch he said to them in mark 16 go into all the world and preach the gospel but if you're going to preach the gospel you must know his breath what am i saying it takes wind for the sails i'm coming into agreement in just a second and watch this I'm, i'm bringing the plane to a landing for a moment if you'll just simply if you walk away with nothing if you understand that when someone stands up to preach and they've been with god If you come into agreement, it's you preaching. It's like you're... When they they go to say something, your spirit is saying it to you. Okay, okay, I'll prove it. I'm going to prove it because you don't get it. Watch, 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 watch. Now, understand something. If I decide not to preach, I'll go crazy. In fact, about three weeks into COVID, Karen looked at me and she says, don't you need to go somewhere and preach? I don't know what she meant, but it hurt. She's like, you need to go. Oh, for the love of God, get out. But it's what Jeremiah said. If I choose not to preach... But if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart. A fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. When the word is inside of you, I'm like a cage lion on the front row. I'm saying I love worship. Appreciate y'all. That's good. I got something to say. Now get out of the way. It's inside of you. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of of holding it in indeed I cannot I can't keep it in I'm going to throw up on you and if you don't let me say it in here I'm going to say it on the plane and then we're all going to get arrested because I got to take my mask off to do it 2 Timothy 3.16 says it like this all scripture is given by inspiration of God so some of us like we like to pick and choose what verses we like but follow me for a second the phrase given by inspiration of God is follow this is one word in the Greek text. It is word theopnustos, which means God breathed, theopnustos, a compound word with theo, the Greek word of God, attached to the word neustos, which means wind or spirit so when they stand up and begin to preach the word now we know the word cuts we know it's living and active it leaves you naked when you get done with it but you have to understand something that's what hebrews tells us but you have to realize when paul when, when, when paul said this to timothy and was wrapping some things up towards the end of his life he said this in second timothy three sixteen. god has transmit, transmitted his very substance into every scripture for it is god breathed it will empower you by its instruction and correction giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness so in other words when the word is being spoke that's the wind it's God's breath to remove your pastor's life from you to or your church's life from you and to sit at home and only watch it on your phone because you've learned how to do it at home and you don't want to come and touch anybody and 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 I get all uh, you know anyway I don't but You're removing yourself from the wind. Now you're gonna hear it and it might stir you up, but when you sit in the wind and it starts blowing all that junk out of your life, and the captain says, Raise the sail. When the captain says, Let's go something shifts inside of you it begins to take you along the current when you're at home watching you hear it but you don't feel it all the time and because you're going to get distracted because you've got to watch something else so somebody sends you a text and it's a cute little meme about somebody's dog and all of a sudden you're like I got to get out of this but when you come together you may not feel like I mean I'll be honest with you about 50% of the time I don't feel like going anywhere but when I get there something begins to shift and because I want to be where the wind blows. A couple weeks ago, we have wind storms in Texas. A couple weeks ago, man, this storm blew through there in Fort Worth where I live, and man, I just heard stuff going off outside. So when it finally passed through, I went outside, and a big old tree had fallen in the front yard, and one in the back, and one in the cul-de-sac at the beginning of the neighborhood. And uh, I mean, it was it was like explosions. I mean, massive trees just. <laughs> Well, last Wednesday night, I was preaching in Orlando, and the the same type of storm came through Texas again. And I thought, man, Karen said, I think we're okay. She said, I heard some stuff, but I'll be fine. So I get home, and the guy that cuts my yard sends me a picture of another tree. Now, when when I was at home and the trees went down, I experienced it. But when I was on the road and had to get a picture of it, I didn't get to experience it. That's the difference in coming to church and staying home. I just see the end result on Instagram. I just see the altar call I should have been a part of on Instagram. But if you're there, you can say, I saw so-and-so go out in the Holy Ghost. He was like, oh, boom. It was like, oh, it was, oh, boom. I mean, he needed, you know, he got to lose some weight. Boom. Take four people to catch that guy. Boom. Boom. When the Holy Ghost says timber. See, I'm trying. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I'm I'm wrapping up. To remove your pastor's voice from your life is to relinquish the compass that God has planned out for your future. I'm just going to get mad and go to another church. I'm going to go to one of those churches that will go an hour and five minutes. That's like showing up at an incredible meal and say, I'll take an appetizer. It's all I want. But... Not it. I'm it's time for resonance to become the norm again. Yes. What is resonance? This is the power of the agreed upon amen in action. Remember, I'm preaching resonant, but resonance is a little bit different. You have to understand what resonance is. We know that scripture is God-breathed. God's word is breathed, resonated over the vocal cords and shaped by the tongue and the lips and teeth. When we speak, it is our breath. What are you talking about? Resonance. The, system, the state of a system in which an abnormally large vibration is produced in response to an external stimulation according when, according when the frequency of the stimulus is the same or nearly the same as the natural vibration frequency of the system. What are you talking about, Pat? That sounded like the teacher on Charlie Brown. I'm going to explain it to you because you got to get a hold of this. It is the symphony of power. It is when two people start singing a song and they hit the same chord. Literally, their body begins to shake. It vibrates. They can feel it in their ears. They can even feel it in their teeth. The singers know what I'm talking about. That is called resonance. Do you understand what God spoke to me over today four weeks ago that there would be a resonance in the room where you would learn how to come into agreement with the word being preached so you're not just up here casting pearls among swine, not calling you a bunch of pigs. That's Arkansas saw but you have to understand When pastor stands up and begins to preach, and I am wrapping this up here in a second. When he stands up and begins to preach, something shifts in the atmosphere. If you come in with the same amen as the amen that's being preached, then all of a sudden, everything in your life starts vibrating. Everything in your life starts shifting. It's when you change. Last Wednesday night, a worship leader on stage, and uh, her name was Amarisa. And and I didn't even know her, but she was actually, um, she was like the substitute worship leader because the worship leader was was gone. On. And she began to talk about the very same thing as she's on stage. And I got I leaned over to the pastor. I said, "This is what I'm preaching on this Sunday." She started talking about this, and it, it's God's little wink to me, letting me know I'm doing it right. So I said, "Would you send me a note on what it means to resonance when you're leading worship, precious lady?" She says, "As a singer, I not." And she sent this to me. I know that only the only way to achieve resonance with another singer is for both of us to listen to each other and exercise control over our voices particularly to the vibrato, vibrato and pitch in order to match our voices to one another. This takes practice. But the more you sing with a person, the easier it becomes because you learn how to blend and listen for your partner. You're not getting this yet. I'm going to hop in, hop out, show up when I feel like, go on vacation, got kids basketball. I got travel softball. I got travel. I mean, we're going to come up with tra- travel. Uh, uno. I don't know. And so watch. She went on to say the way you know that resonance has been reached is because there's a buzzing on intense vibration in your ears that can become uncomfortable as it grows because the vibration increases. If the sound and she's a she's a she teaches music. If the sound that the church makes resonates with the sound of heaven, the shaking that will take place. In fact, true resonance you can break glass. True resonance break ceilings true residents can, can crack a wall for real when you go so high it's so intense that it begins to vibrate everything in the atmosphere and if the sound that the church makes resonates with the sound of heaven the shaking that will take place will be unlike the shaking of just making noise it will be something that will grow in intensity as long as we stay in sync with the frequency and the wavelength of heaven you're not getting this yet when you come in here when the man of God. A woman of God has been in the office back there and they've been crying out to, out to God and they walk in pitch perfect. That may mean they have to turn off ABC before the game's over on a Saturday night. See, you have to understand. I want to warn you. I'm sending you a warning. If that, if you, the hearer, does not have a prayer life or a life of consecration and you refuse to repent, then you will only hear the echo of yesterday's promises when you walk into this place and not tomorrow's answers. So you live like the devil all week and walk in here and try to act like Gabriel in the front row, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, that was good. It was for somebody else. No, 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 it is a shifting it's you're desperate it's ask seek knock moment you do your part do you understand you come in agreement with the repairs message that means when pastor stands up here to preach and you're like I don't know why that church always says amen I don't know why they always stand up and clap well you ain't been through what they've been through they are trying to get a little resonance going they're trying to get something shaken out of their life they're trying to get some walls broken down in their family they're trying to shift their finances pastor stands up and says some of y'all gonna be blessed all right whatever others are going I take it my god i want some of that and you know what happens all of a sudden they walking around and they they in the car you pass by every week wanting and there's a moment when you start shifting and you start saying wait a minute i'm gonna quit being a just a a here i'm gonna be a doer I'm going to walk in I'm going to be a part of this thing see you don't understand that team that gave those gifts out today they did it with such unction and such joy because father was speaking bless my servants take care of them that they don't even realize everybody on this stage just now stepped under a shower of blessing it's coming into agreement with what is happening in a service give him a praise do your part come into agreement Here's where the power happens watch receive this truth whatever you forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven so if we say ah uh-uh. uh-uh. ain't no boys going in the girls locker rooms in our schools oh pastor you know don't, don't do that that's political you're going, you're going to upset some of my neighbors I invited for the first time and they they've had so much cognitive dissonance spoken into their life they believe everything they hear is true and so they don't even need to know whether it's science they made it their own science and you're going to upset them no 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 your pastor is speaking to the dark area they've invited in their life because they're no longer gatekeepers but they're quadrant watchers they're sitting back walking and demons walk into the schools walking into their family and girls are going to get raped you have to understand yeah. Somebody in this room has to stand up. But now don't upset, we won't grow. You are going to explode. If you tell the truth from the pulpit, people are so done with hyped up fake grace, fake lifestyle stuff, they want somebody to tell them. There's mom and dad's walking in here. My daughter's been on TikTok for six months, and every day she's told she was made wrong. Help me, Pastor. I'll tell you what you do. You prophesy to her, you tell her who he is, who he or she is. You define them, you tell them what they're called to be. If you come into agreement with what I'm saying right now, God doesn't make mistakes, He didn't mess up on you sweetheart bring that verse back up here's what i want you to get a hold of the power of agreement again i give you an eternal truth if two of you agree to ask god for something in a symphony in a symphony of prayer if you come into agreement it's a symphony of prayer For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name i am right there with them the symphony of the power of agreement coming together locking arms i love what james gall said he made this statement agreement is a wonderful byproduct of lives that have been forged together in god's kingdom of righteousness peace and joy you have to understand agreement happens when they get up i'm about to wrap this up i came here to tell you you're more than our pastor you're more than just somebody's going to show up at the hospital, which I, when I was pastoring, if I showed up, people knew they were dying. Here's the deal. I knew it. It was bad. Because I wasn't that guy. I ain't going to sit on the front porch and drink a drink glass of tea. I'll meet you in the sanctuary and fight some devils, though. But you're more than just the procurer of the land and the vision and overseeing the finances and you know, more than that, you've got, you've got those inside right there because you got this, and you're listening. And when you stand up, if they'll come into agreement, they become pastors of themselves at that moment. They step into agreement, it's a symphony, and everybody,
1: because he lives.
0: I love it when you have to bring it down a note. Thank you. I can face. Tomorrow. See, it depends on what you're going through each day, how you sing it. Because
1: he lives.
0: Been through some stuff lately. All
1: fear is gone.
0: You sing it differently sometimes. Because I know. Yes, I know. He holds. Man, I love looking back at the camera person worshiping. No, you, you say it, you say that part. And life and life is worth. Ready? And life is worth. My life is worth. So you just you just shepherded right then. The living just because he lives. So you don't realize what happened. You were singing it, but the shepherd stepped up. Your life's worth it. Suicide just fell off somebody. I'm being serious. Depression just fell off somebody. We're not honoring the office. We're honoring the voice. We're honoring what they bring. It's lost in our nation. Because nobody, well not nobody, but because we're so afraid to tell the truth. And those that used to say it are going to heaven. Where are they at? And what you got to understand? How you handle the message from the flame bearer, the repairer, will determine how you begin to shine. Things start changing. You start shifting. You become an atmosphere shifter. You start. Start. Changing, And this is my last point. This is the most different word I've ever preached. But God said, we've lost preaching in America. And now we just got people that sit down and say, I'm going to unpack this and take you on a journey. Like, my God. I ain't been at the Holiday Inn. Let's all just try to wrap ourselves around it. What? Then get up. Or get off. Get up and preach the fire shut in your bones. Get up and preach the healing power that can restore masculinity, that can restore purity, that can restore hope, that can break death off of people. If you can't do that, shut up and go home. See, there's a moment. Just go do a YouTube channel. There's a moment. I'm being. I'm very, very serious about this. I'm watching pastors like. my, my, my son has just resigned his church as the preaching pastor, because he's going to lead a political movement to rescue those that are um, in sex trafficking and to put people on city councils and school boards that will stand for righteousness. Uh And I'm telling you, I said to him this week, I said, all right, here comes the attack. And man, they came even from the place he had served for seven years. And all of a sudden, Nate Nate says, dad, I said, all right, here's what I want to do. Either be, be quiet or go loud, but don't live in the middle. That's what I told him. I said, and if you'll go loud, you watch what God does. He said, I'm going loud. I said, let's do it. I sat down with him. He said, the Lord says you have a prophetic word for me, dad. And I said, yep, and I drew a bridge. And I said, you're crossing this bridge right here. Each side is the same, same trees, everything. You're crossing water. I asked the Lord why he showed me the vision of you, son, why he showed me a vision of you crossing a bridge. And I said, Lord, it's the same bridge, same sides. He said, look at the water. I said, I look back and the water that you're leaving is chaotic it is clapping it's like west coast waves and i said it's clapping i said nate all these years on stage they've been clapping but it's not clapping you're hearing you're hearing chaos and i said i see your family walk into a season of peace because when i looked at the other side of the bridge this is my prayer life for my son i saw peace here's what i'm trying to say to you dads when you come into your home mama single mama when you walk into your home and instantly by the way at that moment he made the decision that afternoon to shift for his future see there's a moment where you have to understand you better have a word for your family you better have a word for what's going on God gave you a chance he gave you many months to try to be the pastor of your house but see there's a moment where all of a sudden the Lord says I'm gonna show you what I can do let me show you resonance and action and I'll be done with this the formula you ready the formula the repair. The resonance and the awareness. What do you mean? The repair. Walks into the room, releases God's word, just as the captain screams, raise the sails. And that's spelt wrong, but anyway. Which doesn't create the wind, but with the sails, he sets things in motion in order to capture the wind. Then, you're sitting out here, two voices God and the repair flow together to produce change you come into agreement resonance happens a symphony it is the harmony of God's voice with our voices residue begins Acts chapter 4 look what it says right here and I'm done right here in fact you can start playing softly if you want Acts 4 this is the beginning of the New Testament church upper rooms already happened. this is the moment they're on posters most wanted for preaching the gospel they know they're all going to die Jesus already told them back in Luke 24 they're going to die These already told Peter, you're going to be stretched out for me. They know they're going to die. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Resonance. Shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything. You're not, you're not seeing this right here. What you have right here is resonance, which leads to residue. What you have right here is a shifting in the atmosphere. I'm proving it to you. What do you mean? Look what it says. Let me me bring up up this verse for you. Let me start over. Let's look at verse 23. Bring that up for me. Okay? Verse 23. On the release from prison, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. They started preaching. They're releasing the word. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Watch out. Watch what it goes on to say. Do you, do you have the rest of that? I don't know if you even have the rest of that. If you don't, I'll, I'll read it. That's, that's fine. Because, see, you have to understand what happens right here is something begins to shift. And they went on to say, why do, the heathen, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? They're preaching. The kings of the earth rise up and rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider the threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hands to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of, our, of your holy servant Jesus. Watch. Then resonance happens, they just preached, verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. But then, after resonance happens, something else happens: the awareness of God, the residue. Look at the verse, look how they changed. All the believers in one mind and one, one accord, no one claimed that any possession was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. All that were, that were no, there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put at the apostles' feet. It was distributed to anyone who had need. See, what you saw in the New Testament church was the repair the residents, and then the residue. They stood up and they preached. They came into agreement and the house was shaken. Remember, true resonance can break glass. And then lastly, something happened to the church. Let, let me just show you this for a second. I, 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 this video hit me and I haven't shared this in many years. Pastor Kilpatrick sent it to me, but it was from Brownsville. I want to just show you resonance for a second, what happens when the people come together show that listen for the resonance do you hear the praying in the spirit talking about the Hebrides revival go ahead bring it down you're okay because it's hit me when I was praying and I asked my team I said do we still have that video because I remember hearing the people praying in the Holy Ghost those are real prayers
1: the moment that that happened in the barn, a power was let loose in Barva that shook the whole of Lewis. God stepped down. The Holy Spirit began to move among the people.
0: God... ...happening be behind everything. the word is
1: residence. people are crying out revival revival Not an evangelist not a special effort not anything at all organized on the basis of human endeavor but an awareness of god that grip And as part of his research, he went to the Hebrides to actually uh, research the history of the Hebridean revival. And he finished up, amazingly, he, he, he booked into the guest house, which was run by an elderly couple. And the guy who was the father of the house was actually one of the fathers of the revival. And so he found himself, without trying, sitting right at the feet of someone who could tell him a lot of information. And this guy said to him, you know, with tears in his eyes, he said, there's six of us who were likely fathers of revival who are still alive. He said, we meet together occasionally when our wives are in bed. He said, we sit down, we talk about those days. And he Resonance. said, he can't stop crying. Resonance. And he said this. He said, the reason that the Hebridean revival failed is because the leadership didn't know what to do with it. didn't know how to structure it. didn't know how to prepare a wineskin for, for what God was doing. And it faltered. And it failed. And this old man got hold of my friend, who is probably about 30 years of age. Grabbed him by the collar, looked at him in his eyes, his piercing eyes, looking at him. He said, "Son, when you get it, whatever you do, don't let go." Of him.
0: Here comes resonance.
1: Before a revival broke out, friend, in this church, there was times I came down to this church and I would lay
0: on the front row. Something deep inside of me was calling out to the deep of God. And I said, Lord, there's got to be more. I would walk these floors and I would cry out loud. I knew nobody was around and I knew nobody could hear. And I lift my voice sometime till I would be
1: hoarse and I'd say, God! I'd lay there sometime in this field quiet in a fetal position on that front row.
0: Resonance. And then I would hear the Lord say, Keep going after me, son.
1: You'll find me.
0: Resonance. Resonance. When the church comes together with one voice. Every tribe, every nation, every color. Resonance. Resonance. Twenty six years since that move of God. We hadn't gotten better, we gotten worse. Oh, our systems are better. Our buildings are prettier. We got rid of them old pews and got chairs. But we don't have this anymore. We don't have resonance shaking the atmosphere. we pray for our services but we don't pray for every morning what would happen if a church said pastor you got a word from the Lord yes I do well when you share it when you speak it i'm agreeing with every single word every second you say because i'm taking it as my own because i am tired of just sitting at the trough of life I want to come to the banqueting table. He prepared a table for me right in front of my enemies. And when you came in to preach today, you was just giving me a meal because I'm about to walk out of this place and run every demon out of my family, off my property. I'm going to lock the chain link things of the Holy Ghost around my house because I've got residence. The agreement in the spirit that creates a shift. Stand to your feet. Keep playing that for me. Just keep playing that. Never again will I judge a man when he stands up to preach because I don't know what demon he fought to get to the stage. Resonance. dad we're going to slip out like we always do no 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 son can't leave today I got to come into agreement so I can vibrate some devils off our family I got to come into agreement with the word that's being preached resonance reminds me of Genesis 28 When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware. That's, ha- that's just happened in the nice last 15 minutes in this room. God was here, and I knew it not. Resonance.